Amen, amen, amen. And a hallelujah, right? Hallelujah. Indeed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord. That is our privilege and our honor. And it is my privilege and honor to be here again with you guys tonight. Thank you so much uh, again for receiving me and for welcoming me, welcoming me into your home. And isn't this a nice little setup we have here for tonight? It's a little bit different. So um, enjoy. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. That's right. We are going to eat on, feed on the word, fill our spirit and our souls. And as I always say, my prayer is that you guys will leave here better than you came. Right. Can that be our goal together? We're going to do that. So um, I'm going to jump right in this tonight. And uh, this is the last week of this series that we are in entitled Lessons Learned in the wilderness. Anybody learning some lessons from not only this teaching, but just the experiences we've been going through? It's the, it's the holidays, which can be hard for some people sometimes, and so there's always opportunity to grow, though. You know, as long as you have the willingness and the desire, the Lord will meet you right where you are, and he is loving and gracious enough not to leave you there. Amen? Amen. All right. So with that being said, the title for our week four of Lessons Learned in the Wilderness is going to be, well, before I even get to the title, before we get to the, the title slide, I wanted to make sure that I end this lesson on sort of a high note, okay? It was my goal to, I know we've been uh, talking about some information and some topics that can be a little heavy sometimes, but I got good news for you guys tonight. We got a good lesson tonight, and so we are going to have a time together, and we are going to look at God's restoration plan. Amen? Because even though we go through the wilderness and even though we go through the challenges, um, you know, God has a strategic plan and a purpose to allow the wilderness journey not to be in vain. So let's look at our first title slide of what tonight is going to be about, and that's going to be God's restoration plan. Right? Our time in the wilderness is not in vain vain. I always tell people, don't ever allow yourself to go through something and not receive something in return for it, okay? Because our suffering or our pain or, or the wilderness, whatever it is, um, God's going to use that, amen? He intends to use all things for our good. And so this hopefully will tonight inspire you and empower you and encourage you to look beyond the wilderness, into the promised land. Amen? Amen. All right. I love that. Okay, so God's restoration plan. We need to first, before we even dive into it real deep, it's important for us to define this term. Okay, so we're going to look at what does restoration mean, right? It means something different 
to everybody, depending on your experience, but there's some basic terminology, some basic characteristics that go along with this word restoration, biblically speaking as well as naturally speaking, right? Okay, so what I want to do is I want to share with you guys what I have learned and what I have adopted as um, the meaning of restoration, and some of this comes from the good old dictionary, right? And some of it comes from the Holy Bible, some comes from my spirit. So let me share with you guys what God's restoration plan is, what he intends to do for you for having endured the wilderness, okay? So here's some basic things, and I know some of you guys are taking notes. A lot of it will be on the screen, um, so feel free to jot down whatever you'd like, but restoration simply means returning something to a former owner, place, or condition. That was like the basic dictionary definition, right? Um, If I am restoring something, uh, I'm giving it back, let's say, to the former owner or the original owner, uh, place or condition. I taught some of this on Monday night, and someone used a really good example about um, when their hobby is restoring old cars. And he said, you know, when we go through that restoration process for old cars, our intention, right, is to restore that thing to a condition that it once was. And I thought, hmm, that's pretty good. But God does even beyond that, right? Even beyond the original condition. So let's look some more at what he does in his restoration plan. He intends to repair, okay? Restoration means repair. It means to mend or recondition rehabilitate, rebuild, and I love this one, make whole, make whole. So I know those are a lot of words, but they're all good. So I will take my time and slow down through this thing so you can get down all the information that you want to. But doesn't that already sound encouraging and inspiring, right? We've talked about the hardships and we've talked about some of the, you know, the things that we have to uh, convict ourselves of and that kind of thing, there's always a but. Remember how I tell you, but God, right? Okay, so he intends to mend and repair, right? I always tell you guys these lessons are practical applications. So as we're talking, even right now, before we've even gotten into the real meat and potatoes of all this, I want you to start thinking about, hmm, what do I desire or need to have restored in my life? What do I need or desire to have repaired or mended or reconditioned, rehabilitated or made whole in my life? This is what we get to petition the Lord for, okay? Some more definitions to share with you guys tonight. God's restoration means to receive back more than has been lost, to the point where the final state is greater than the original condition. Come on now, somebody, right? Okay, so this is why I tell people, I know it's hard in the going through, but we got to keep our eyes on Jesus, right? We got to keep our eyes on that finish line because the Bible says our latter years are going to be better than our former years, okay? This is the promise that these things are built into. This restoration means that you are going to receive back. We've all endured loss, 
of many different kinds, okay? And this applies to every, uh, every loss or every wilderness experience that you have had. Receive back more than has been lost to the point where the final state is greater than the original condition. And I love this because just right now, as I read it again for the second time, the Holy Spirit dropped it in me and said, you know, that final state, that's when we get to be with the Lord in heaven, right? That's when we are completely renewed and restored, right? And so that's, again, what we have to look forward to um, is eternity with the Lord. And so the main point is that something or something is improved, right? Improved, but here's God, beyond measure, beyond measure. So these are the things I want you guys to hold on to, right? I want you to stand on this promise of restoration because it is going to be very meaningful and impactful for the manifestation of what God is doing in the last month of this year, 2018, as well as the year coming up in 2019. The class that I taught on Monday night revealed for uh, the business that I'm in, the people that I work with, a vision statement for 2019. Every year that I work with my team, God gives me a vision statement. And for 2019, he gave me the vision statement of revival and restoration. Revival and restoration. And I said, Lord, that is so good, I have to come and share it with New Heart Foursquare Church, okay? So with that being said, in addition, you know, the restoration plan is like a bundle package, okay? God's restoration plan comes with, when you open up the box, there's not just one thing in there. There's several things. Don't you guys love to get those boxes where you open up, you just keep pulling things out, and there's more, and there's more, right? So this is a bundle restoration plan. So having said that, revival is also a component of God's restoration plan. Okay, and so the next slide, we're going to look at more detail about what revival means in this context. Okay, um, again, I know sometimes the initial perception of what this word revival means could be something like your experience with a particular church or a particular experience in a church and how people are uh, behaving or what's going on, a move of the Holy Spirit going on and that kind of thing, right? Souls being one and being brought back to Christ and that kind of thing. And that is absolutely true. And I want to extend that or expound on that tonight so that you can apply it to your everyday life situation right now with regards to what we're talking about. So revival is gonna be on the next slide, and it says, what does it mean? It means an improvement, again, in the condition or the strength of something. Anybody need their strength renewed, amen? Okay, so this is what revival is, an improvement in the condition or strength of something, a turn for the better, okay? a turn for the better, a resurgence, a resurgence. I love these adjectives. I know the superlatives that God uses are intentional, right? There is meaning that goes so deep into these words, and that's why I'm taking the time to actually extract out these meanings for you guys to have a wider 
revelation and understanding of what it means. Revival, a turn for the better, a resurgence, okay? This is, again, the time of the year where I was talking to some people about how, depending on what industry you're in working or where you're at in your life, you know, some people kind of go into hibernation mode during this time of the year. At least that's what my experience has been. Me, on the other hand, I'm looking for the resurgence, right? I'm looking for the, you know, stir this thing up, let's keep this thing moving, kind of. Um, let's not slow things down. And so I loved that resurgence is a part of the meaning of revival. In addition, because it doesn't stop there, right? Revival, a comeback, a comeback, right? I always talk about how any setback is nothing but a set up for a comeback, okay? And we know, again, God's comeback is even better, stronger, right? A comeback. And here's, we go, ooh, not only a resurgence, but a resurrection, a resurrection, okay? Again, think about this in real life, practical application as far as what you have experienced in your life that may have looked like there's no more life in it, right? That it's dead, that it's gone, that the opportunity has passed, right? We have, we've looked back on our lives and thought that, right? Well, it's a possibility that that thing might be resurrected with this promise here of revival. A rejuvenation, that goes into it too, a rejuvenation, right? We go through life, we go through some seasons where we feel like we might be stuck, right? But God still has a plan, and he can rejuvenate you, okay, you and I, a rejuvenation and a reawakening, a reawakening. You guys know I always use this term, stirring you up. It reminds me of this here, a reawakening. This revival is a part of the bundle package that comes with God's restoration plan, all right? And so in addition to revival, uh, as we continue to break down this definition, it means to provide new energy and new life to something. New energy and new life to something. So I immediately thought of what dreams, goals, and desires have fallen by the wayside that need to have a new energy plug, uh, plugged into it, a new life given to it. Uh, that is what you can apply in this situation. I extracted the, the dictionary Latin meaning it simply means to live again, to live again, right? No more walking dead, Christians. It's time to live again, right? And right now, we don't have to wait until 2019 to start to live again. We have information, we have knowledge, we have understanding, and when we apply it, we are operating in wisdom. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the purpose of why we are all here tonight, amen? Okay, so no more walking dead, thriving, not just surviving. I have been there before where my life, there was a season, and I was just trying to survive. Amen? But now it's time for us to thrive. It's time for us to thrive because we have the promise. We have been through the wilderness. We have endured. And so now, now is the time to receive. Sound good? I told you guys tonight was going to be an uplifting one. It was going to be a good one, right? And so that right there are two main components, if you will, of what we have to look forward to for having gone through the wilderness, learned our lessons, and now the Lord has made a promise of restoration. But ladies and gentlemen, it does not stop there. 
<laughs> you know those infomercials and they say, but wait, there's more, right? Okay, so <laughs> tonight I'm going to give you guys some more, some more bundle in this package of restoration. And did you know that God's restoration plan also includes vengeance and recompense? Vengeance and recompense. This, it's kind of hard to see on the screen, so I am going to read it out for you guys. But let me tell you what vengeance and recompense means for you and I, okay? The Lord's vengeance, okay? Now, we're not talking about revenge as far as the way the world talks about revenge. But, ooh, listen to the Lord's vengeance. Vengeance and recompense are part of God's restoration plan. The Lord's vengeance has nothing to do with hateful revenge, emotional retaliation, resentment, or violent punishment, okay, against his children. Now, he may have a certain amount of that for the wicked, but that does not apply to us, okay? So, woe unto him, right, <laughs> um, who is not of the faith, but God's vengeance is executed by him on behalf of his children, and it's birthed out of a motive of love and a heart for justice, okay? This is important because, again, he is God our Father, yes? Okay? For those of us in the room that are parents, what do we do when it comes to our children? We make sure, right, that if anybody causes them hurt, harm, or danger, oh, again, look out, whether it's mama bear or papa bear, you know, right? And so, again, and the motive is because, again, we love our children. We want to protect them, right? We don't want to see them uh, done wrong. And God is the same way when we, his children, experience that. And so he has a plan. His plan is to execute vengeance and serve justice on your behalf. Because, see, justice is at the heart of who God is, right? Just like goodness and love, that's who he is. Justice is at the heart of God. It means to be just or morally sound, okay? And God knows this. He, he wants to execute justice because he said that without justice, what does it say here? Without justice, people will lose hope, right? People will lose hope if there isn't justice. In the, you know, we have, we have many people in this world have lost hope in the justice system, right? Because if they felt like it wasn't executed properly, right? And it says, so people lose hope, and without hope, faith has nothing to pursue. And we know faith is essential to the life of a Christian. Amen? Okay, so again, there's purpose. God's not going to let you lose your hope in the wilderness. He's going to restore your hope. And with that, it's going to strengthen your faith. Okay, and we're going to watch as he executes vengeance and justice on our behalf. So that's vengeance. Recompense, on the other hand, because these are two uh, sides to the same coin here. Recompense means to make amends to someone for a loss or a harm that they suffered. To compensate them, repay, reimburse, or make restitution. 
okay? That's the recompense. So again, looking back on your life, and there have been times, you know, where you might have felt like an injustice has been done to you in some way. Sometimes we even put ourselves in situations that cause a consequence, right, of some sort for us to have a loss. However, for those of us who have been wronged in any kind of way, God intends to make amends, okay, um, to compensate us. Remember we said this is a package, this is a compensation package, amen? Okay, and so he's gonna repay, he's gonna repay. This isn't about us going out and trying to defend ourselves, get revenge for ourselves, you know? When he says cast your care, he's talking about this stuff too. He said, let me take care of it, right? And honestly, I've learned to say this, Lord, yes, please take care of it, because I know you can take care of it better than me, number one, because I've tried it, right? And it didn't work out too well, right? So let's leave that, you know, I always say, let God do his job, right? We got our part. We're learning what our part is. Our part is to have faith, walk in obedience, walk in love, right? Okay, so these things, you guys, these are, my, are these not mighty benefits to being a child of God? And again, not going through the wilderness in vain. There's something coming for you all. There's something coming for me. And you guys know me. I tell you, get your hopes up, right? Get that expectation up. You got to pursue. You got to go and pursue these promises. Amen? All right. Good stuff so far? All right. Well, guess what? It's about to get better because now I'm going to give you some word to pour on all of this definition that we got going on here tonight, okay? So let's take a little journey, you and I, um, I'm going to read them, but I will post the actual uh, where the scriptures are found on the screen so that you can write them down and read them in whatever translation you have um, in your Bibles. But we want to look at the scripture support for everything that I just shared with you guys. Okay? So on the next slide, the scripture first that I'm going to give to you guys is from Isaiah 61.7. And this is on the next slide. Thank you, sir. All right, Isaiah 61, 7. Listen, you guys have heard God will give you double for your trouble? Amen, have you heard that? Okay, well, that's just not a catchy saying, okay? That's just not something um, cheeky to say. Isaiah 61, 7 says that instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. Oh my goodness. You're going to be able to enjoy your blessings, ladies and gentlemen. This is what it's all about, right? And the double portion, guess what? Now you got yours back, and you got enough to give to somebody else. Amen? All right. I love it. Isaiah 61, 7, the double portion for having to endure the trouble. The other sort of double scripture that I had um, shared with you guys tonight is from Job. It's from Job 42.10. And anybody familiar with the story of Job, right? Okay, most of us are, but I love the ending you know, it's not how you start, amen, it's how you finish. And Job, because he had a heart for God, 
uh, was able to be blessed and finish strong. So Job 42.10 says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes. When he prayed for his friends, also, mm, I like those kinds of buts, also, right? The Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before, okay? And that's just a portion of, again, that chapter and that story, and you can go back and review it. However, we know that God is no respecter of persons, right? So if he did it for Job, he can do it for you. And I've come to learn, honestly, having read the story, that even though we all have gone through our wilderness journey, I don't think any of us have gone through a Job experience, okay? So again, if it can happen for him, it can happen for you and I, amen? All right, so double portion. That's the first thing I want you guys to remember. Moving on on our scripture support, you know, the word says that, or Jesus said in the word, that in this world, we will have trouble, right? But he said, take heart. Don't worry about it. I have overcome the world, right? So God promises to deliver us out of how many of our troubles? All of our troubles. All of our troubles. Psalm 34, 19, it says that the righteous person, that is you and I, we are in right standing with God. The righteous person may have many troubles, yes, but the Lord delivers him from them all. That was Psalm 34, 19. Every single one. And I always say this, I don't know if I've said it in this context or in this um, class, but remember, don't allow the time that it takes for these promises to come to pass to cause you to doubt that they will. Okay, that's very, very important because that's the only way the enemy wins is if we quit and give up and uh, what is it, uh, cast away our confidence in our faith. Okay, so every single trouble, if you still got troubles, there's still a rescue to be had. Amen? All right. Yes, hallelujah is right. Okay, so when God delivers his people, he causes their enemies to bless them. And he never brings his children out empty-handed. Okay? So let's look at Exodus 3.21. Exodus 3.21 says, I'll make it, this is God speaking, I'll make it so that when you leave Egypt, right, because they left Egypt, went through the wilderness before they got to the promised land. I'll make it so that when you leave Egypt, the Egyptians will be kind to you. Remember how I said you'll make your enemies even bless you? The Egyptians who enslaved you will be kind to you, and you won't go away empty-handed. Empty-handed. There, there's a scripture, I didn't put it in here, but it just reminds me how it says, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, right? So I, I'm going to use my uh, millennial terms here and say, don't, don't trip. Don't, don't trip. It's going to be all right. They used to say, don't trip, potato chip. It's going to be okay, I promise you, all right? Don't worry about your haters, as they say, or whatever it is, because no one, who can come, who, right? What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing, 
right? What can, you know, come against us? Not trials or tribulations, not our haters, not our enemies, nothing. Amen? Okay, and then I also have on here Psalm 105.37. Psalm 105.37. It said, then he led the Israelites out. They carried silver and gold, and all of them were healthy and strong. And I think I've included this one just to emphasize the comprehensiveness of God's blessing and restoration and coming out. It's not just wealth or materials or whatever it is in the natural, okay, but your health, right? He's intending to restore you whole in your health, in your mind, strong mind, right? We have the mind of Christ, amen? All right, so don't ever say again, I'm losing my mind. If you lose it, go find it. It's still there. Restore that mind. Restore it. All right, so this is just giving you guys um, snippets of scripture that you can stand on based on the definitions that we highlighted earlier. So let's continue with a few more scriptures here. Remember, another one of... uh, the lessons that we learned in the wilderness is that, you know, we don't have to fight our own battles. Amen? God says he's going to fight for us. So you don't have to worry about defending yourself against those injustices we talked about because those, that's God's responsibility. He will fight for you. He says, what? Hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battles. Amen. So Hebrews 10:30 and I think I'm on yes, here we go. Hebrews 10:30 says, "For we know him. We know him who said vengeance is mine." And this is I have in the amplified version. Vengeance is mine. Retribution and the deliverance of justice rests with me, says the Lord. I will repay the wrongdoer. And again, the Lord will judge and defend his people. I don't know about you, but if I ever need to be defended, I want the Lord defending me. Amen? Okay? So he will fight for you. He will defend you. And I pulled that from Hebrews 10.30. One of the things that I love, 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 again, is that not only are we coming out, not empty-handed, coming out whole and restored. But all of that simply means that we have the victory. Amen? Okay, so the victory is always on the other side of the wilderness. So again, if you're going through, ladies and gentlemen, don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Joshua 23, 14 is one of many favorite scriptures that I have. Joshua 23, 14 it says to, and I'll read it for you guys. It says, know this, know this in all of your hearts and in all of your soul that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord God has promised concerning you. Not one has failed. It says all have come to pass for you and not one thing has failed. Okay, so I always say, uh, it doesn't matter what it looks like, okay? And even if it doesn't look like what you thought it should look like, you keep going and you keep standing, right? And you assess the situation because, again, God uses all things together 
uh, for our good. And he's telling you, you need to know that you know that you know that not one thing that he promises you will fail. Amen? Okay, so that's a promise. That's his word, and that's a good word to stand on. So I hope that these few scriptures, and of course there's many, many, many more, okay, but this is just a starting point for you guys to be able to continue, like I said, to do some self-development and some self-growth to be able to apply this to your specific area in your life right now where you are now looking, longing for, expecting, waiting patiently, right, by faith for the promise of restoration. Because we don't just go through one wilderness, right? In our lifetime, there are several different seasons of wilderness that we go through. But what we just learned tonight remains fixed and the same, regardless of how many different trials and hardships that you go through. Amen? Okay? So, with that being said, I want you to remember that there are four main areas in particular that we have sort of dissected this entire series on, and I'm just going to do a brief uh, recap on that on the next uh, slide. So those are the scriptures that I wanted to give to you, and then I wanted to go into a brief um, series recap. So lessons learned in the wilderness, right? The first week we talked about the importance of mastering the heart of stewardship, right? Because some of those wildernesses we find ourselves in are because, again, the lack of us taking care of what God gifted to us, okay? So we identified many different areas in which we have been gifted things that we need to steward over to ensure that uh, we achieve the promise that God gave us. So stewardship was very important lesson that we learned in the woods. Take care of those gifts, right? And there were many of them. We, we talked about uh, talents and gifts. We also talked about relationships. We talked about material things. We talked about our faith. We talked about stewarding over God's grace, right? These are just a few things. And then in week two, the lesson we learned in the wilderness was how powerful the covenant relationship we have with God is, and therefore the power that exists in the covenant relationships we have with one another, okay? So when you're stewarding over those relationships, we went through a whole lesson on how to sort of maximize, right, the benefit of being in covenant relationship, and that was in week two, lessons learned in the wilderness. And then, of course, last week, week three, we learned how to identify and avoid blessing blockers, right? Again, those things that cause us to fall into the trap of the wilderness. And so we worked through highlighting, based on scripture, again, uh, the things that God says in his word, the things he commands, right? In his word, no suggestions there, all commands. Um, but we mainly learned how to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Because a lot of those things, probably all of them, I'm not even, I don't have them listed here, but, you know, the flesh, that's a part of who we are. And it's that part that we have to continuously, daily die to self and put under, right? Um, live by our spirit and not by our flesh. And when we do that, it's much more easier, or excuse me, not even the right way to say that, but it, it's easier to identify and avoid 
the blessing blockers, right? Okay, and so having gone through all that tonight, we're like, oh yes, that's right. There's a benefit, there's an inheritance on our lives and there is a, a bundle package that we have and it's called God's restoration plan. So I stand right here tonight in agreement with each and every one of you in this room and anyone under the sound of my voice that when you petition God, having repented, asked for forgiveness, and repositioned yourself in line with his will, that everything that needs to be revived and restored in your life, that every recompense that is owed to you is paid in full, unhindered and unchecked by any force of darkness. Amen? Sound good? Okay. All right. I want us all to be in agreement with that. So with that being said, um, I want to just kind of bundle up some highlights, some quick little statements, some takeaways for you guys that are sort of sum up everything that we talked about tonight with regards to this restoration plan, okay? So what are some of the lesson recaps? Let's recap the lessons. Basically, in a nutshell, the wilderness that we talked about teaches us to completely trust and depend on God as our source. Nothing else that was probably the very first lesson that I learned was that, you know what? <laughs> I don't know as much as I thought I knew, darn it. You know, there's somebody out there that I have been neglecting, unfortunately, and the first thing I had to do in the wilderness was surrender. Surrender all, right? Acknowledge the Lord as my source and put my total trust and dependence on him for everything everything. Because see, some of those other times I tell you we go through the wilderness, you know, different seasons and stuff. Sometimes it's because I only learned half the lesson the first time, right? I, I said, I trust you in this area, God, but I was still not trusting him in this other area. So I had to go through another lesson. So that's a lesson right there. Learn the lesson. <laughs> Learn the lesson so you don't have to repeat it because unfortunately, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, but you know, in, in God's plan, I've learned that we don't just get promoted because we get older. You know how they do that in school sometimes now? It's like, okay, you haven't really learned the material and everything, but you know what? We're just going to move you around and, and, and uh, promote you and forward you into you know, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. God said, you're going to stay right here until you learn the lesson, until I can trust that you can handle what's coming in the next grade or the next level, right? And honestly, if we're mature, ladies and gentlemen, we will appreciate that, right? Because we don't want to be in a situation where we're unprepared or unable, unable, excuse me, to, to handle what it is that God has for us. So I humbly say, Lord, help me learn this the first time around, amen? Okay, so it reminded me here when it's talking about trusting and depending on God for everything and, and what he tries to teach us in the wilderness. I mean, just a very uh, short summary about the initial wilderness journey with the Israelites. You know, God's purpose in feeding them manna, right, and being led, right, by the cloud, and it was because he wanted them to, as we, again, used to say, slow your roll, right? Right? <laughs> 
trust me, I got this. Don't take more than what you need for today. There's a whole, again, journey, right, that you'll go back and you'll read the importance of the manna was to teach them to trust him. And even later on, when I believe it was Elijah who um, encountered the ravens, right, and he was in that uh, stage of life where God was like, nope, I'm just going to send the raven, you know, food and water, or food in the morning, food at night, and you stay right here. And where was he? He was in a, I think, the wilderness, because he was in a, he was stuck. He was in that crevice, right? And had to trust that God was going to provide for him. So I don't know about you, but for me, the wilderness taught me that I need God as much on my good days as I do on my bad days. Amen? Okay? Every waking moment, every breath I take, you know, every move I make, Okay, see, I knew I was going to catch some of y'all on that one. There we go. All right. (laughs) So that is what we need to keep in mind. Very important, very humbling, but very loving. I don't know. I just love the way God teaches us because it helped, again, it helped me loving myself, but being a parent, it helped me teach, you know, my kids. You know, this this ain't easy. You know, this is not easy. So Thank you, Lord, for, you know, his endurance and his ability. Only he can do that. Only he can put up with us. <laughs> you know, we, we try. We, 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 we fail sometimes, most of the time. So, all right. But this next point here, number two, <laughs> I learned that the wilderness was that place where I both found, lost myself and found myself all at the same time. Right? And what I mean by that is, again, who I thought I was or what I thought I needed and what I thought I could do really was nothing compared to who God said I was and, who God, and what God said I could do right? and who I was in him. So finding my true identity is what happened in the wilderness. Amen? Okay? So, again, recognize that there is a purpose. So don't get too intimidated or too offended by the wilderness, I know it doesn't feel good. I know, right? And if I could say this, you know, it it sucks. I'm just going to say, you know, say it like that. I hope that's okay for me to say it that way, but it's not fun, right? But we all go through it. But again, we are the righteous, so we have a promise, (laughs) right? And I choose to keep my eyes on the prize, on that promise. And all will be well. It'll be well with my soul. I pray it's well with your soul. So yeah, we lose ourselves and find ourselves all at the same time in the wilderness. And the wilderness, let's see, do I have it? Yes, number three. It teaches us when we're in that dark place, because remember in the very beginning, we identify what the wilderness looks like, and it is. It's a dark place, right? It's a place of uncertainty, confusion, helplessness, or whatnot. And so when we're in that time, we talk to God all the time on our good, day, good days. But when we're in that wilderness, we learn how to talk with God, okay? We learn how to dialogue with him and truly fellowship with him. You will absolutely learn how to hear the voice of God in the wilderness. Because you know what? He takes away all other distractions. My wilderness was a very empty place. And so there were no distractions for the Lord to speak to me and for me to make an excuse not to listen or to hear. Amen? Okay, so this is very, again, very important and very valuable because he wants us to be equipped 
and to be prepared to be able to go to the next level. And we can't do that without being able to know how to fellowship and talk with him and hear his voice. Okay? So, that is number three. And then number four, this one I love here. (laughs) Wisdom versus experience. Let me show you guys how I wrote it down here in my notes. Wisdom is the best teacher, but the wilderness will also get the job done if we don't pay attention to wisdom. (laughs) Plain and simple, right? Because everybody always says experience is the best teacher. I kind of beg to differ with that, right? I'd rather learn from you telling me from your experience what you learned and me being smart enough and wise enough to obey Uh-oh, there we go, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) to obey that instead of having to go, well, let me go see and figure out for myself. Let me really jump off this ledge and see, you know, am I going to break my hip? Well, you know, wisdom, ladies and gentlemen. But if we don't learn from wisdom, wilderness will always be there to teach us the lesson. Amen? (laughs) So I just thought that was very... um, fitting to share with you guys tonight. And again, just to share from personal experience, you know, I am, I believe, you know, having transitioned, we talked about went from Egypt to wilderness, you know, to the promised land, you know, and I have experienced different parts of that total restoration in promised land. I know there's more still to come and I probably will fall back in different things. Um, However, the reason why I teach like that is because there's a strategic plan. Now I know Right now, I know what happens the next time I find myself in a wilderness. I know what to do. Right. And remember how I said ignorance is not bliss. It's dangerous. Right. We need to know what to do. So I share that with you guys and I pray that it blesses you and allows you and equips you to be able to conquer and defeat the wilderness and come out with your victory. Amen. All right. All right. So believe it or not, I think that is the fastest run-through that I've ever done on my (laughs) uh, teachings and my trainings, but it was, you know why? It was just so simple. It was straight to the point, to the heart, very, you know, clear, and again, very exciting, you know, very fun. It wasn't heavy. It was kind of light, you know, and so as always, though, I still have a, uh, (laughs) uh, just because it's not on the screen doesn't mean you guys don't have an accountability assignment, okay, because I have put one on there for you. So if it comes back up or not, uh, let me share it with you here. So we're at the conclusion of tonight. And actually, you know, we're, we're really at, again, the conclusion of this entire series here. But what I really want you to do is what I always ask you to do. Personalize this promise of revival and restoration. Personalize it. What will manifestation in this area look like for you? Okay, what will manifestation in this area look like for you? So when you personalize it, now one way in which I've been able to do this, remember how I told you guys um, I did a vision statement um, training? We also do vision board parties. And so literally, if you have to create a vision board for what your restoration plan looks like, do it, okay? Put on that board everything that you expect to have restored, revived, or recompensed back to you, okay? Again, starting now and carrying over into 2018. Journal. You guys know I share this with you, too. Write it out. My wilderness journey is in a 
big journal about this big that is supposed to be transitioning into an actual uh, book that I'm writing entitled Lessons Learned in the Wilderness. So I am working on that. I, I appreciate the ability to be able to look back and see how far I've come by the grace of God. Because I know any time I get hit in the now, and again, God is the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever, right? So if he did it then, he's going to do it now. And all you got to do is recall one, just one victory. And there are, there's an infinite amount of blessings that God has manifested in our life. So keep track of it. Measure it. That is how you're going to personalize it. Um, but confess it, right? Confess it by faith. Put it out there. Share it. Share your testimony. That's the other thing that this whole wilderness journey is all about and the lessons that we are learning. Because we are the first encounter, usually, that people have with God. And so what they see him doing in your life, we need to share this with others so that they, too, can be equipped. And so, um, basically, I think that's about it. It becomes a part of your testimony to share with others, personalize it, um, and then, who knows, you know, come back and, and share in the service. Give the testimony. Give God glory for what he's done. And, again, a public service announcement to the enemy that this is off limits to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Does that sound good to you guys? Did you guys enjoy the series and learn a lot from these lessons? It's been my pleasure to actually deliver this to you guys, and I have been um, extremely blessed to have the invitation. So my final closeout for tonight is just simply to say thank you. Thank you for welcoming me into your home, for receiving me, um, for accepting me, for me and all my quirkiness and my craziness, you know. And I thank God for the fact that I don't have to compete with anybody. You don't have to compete with anybody with what he's called you to do. And we all just get to, again, give him the glory at the end of the day. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know the drill. I'm going to do a short prayer to just kind of close out and put a bow on this. And then I'll bring up Pastor to greet you guys with any announcements. And so, Lord God, I just want to take this time tonight to recommit and rededicate again this meeting, this time to you, and give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for what you have done and continue to do faithfully in our lives every second, every minute, every hour, and every day. Father God, it is all unto you that we give the praise, and the worship, Lord God. Again, I thank you for this privilege and opportunity to sow seeds of truth into the hearts and minds of your people. I pray that it fell on good ground and is harvesting good results even in this very moment, Lord God. So again, we thank you for what you have done. We expect continued blessings and manifestations, Lord God. I just pray for peace. I pray for healing. I pray for deliverance, Lord God, protection and provision, wholeness, because that is part of your restoration plan for us as your children. These things we commit to you in Jesus' name, and everyone in the room said amen. Amen. Thank you guys very much. Love you very much. Thank you, Pastor.